Cheers. Thank you, Alexa, for making this incredible chai. Of course. Not chai tea. Not chai tea, because chai means tea. Chai means tea in Hindu? Yeah, Hindi. Hindi? Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> but the Jewish restaurants, because I have a lot of Jewish listeners, is that a lot of people say challah bread, and challah means bread. So it's bread bread, just like exactly. tea tea. Okay, so this is a chai that we eat with challah. <laughs> and if you're like at Starbucks and you want to get a chai latte, don't mm-hmm. say chai tea latte. Say chai latte. <laughs> That's like a triple. Exactly. That's like, yeah. Chichi latte. But this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's my mom's recipe. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, thank you for coming to my podcast. Faking It Fam, I'm here with Alexa. We met when I, we are, we're freshmen probably at Stanford. Yeah. So it's been a while. And you are one of the most profound people that I know on this campus. I mean thank it you. dearly. Yes. And so I really wanted you to come onto my podcast and share your story, you have so many different parts of who you are that make you the incredible person that you are. But one part in particular that I would love to talk to you about is your trans story and how this whole process, this whole part of you exists. And the fact that you're so loud about it and open and honest is incredible for the trans community and the queer community and everything. Uh, And so if you're open to it, I would love for you to talk a little bit about just where you come from and your feelings as a child when it comes to just like your trans identity. Yeah, I would absolutely love to. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so to start from the beginning, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was born and raised in Connecticut. Um, I was my, both my parents came over from India. They came for their education and then they settled down in Connecticut where they mm-hmm. had my older brother and me. Um, so I grew up in Connecticut where it's very, white very yeah. rich very um privileged area mm-hmm. and so from the age of five i went to an all boys school mm-hmm. um all boys private school which yeah. is a very interesting vibe to try to assimilate into um my parents growing up really wanted me to blend in mm-hmm. um so i never felt very connected to my indian culture yeah. particularly um I wanted to like have the chicken nuggets instead of like the samosas, for instance. Mm. Um, And they would make the samosas for you and you'd be like, I don't want this. Yeah. Like I would be like, I remember distinctly being like, I'm not Indian, I'm American. Mm. Which is like, I can be both. I am both. Right. I. um, Because you wanted to blend in just like your parents wanted you to blend in? Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, yeah. So this was an all boys school. Mm -hmm. So. I didn't know anyone female my age. Um, I The only people I knew were the people in the Indian community, which there was one primary girl that I was close to who's two years older than me. Um, and then my family's also very Christian. So there's um, a few girls in the church that I knew, but they were also not like exactly my age. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I had no one female my age and the main female person I had in my life was my mom. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. As like a girl coming from an ultra Orthodox Jewish community, it's so hard for me to imagine that because I guess I was surrounded by women my entire life, you know, yeah. and the first time I talked to a boy was when I was 15. That wasn't like my brother or a family friend. And what I said to him was, you're hot. <laughs> I, like, I didn't know like how to how respond. To interact, yeah. 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 That's exactly how I felt when I hit high school because mm-hmm. during high school, you integrate classes with the girls school. So All there's right. a sister school. Um, 
So I similarly did not know how to interact because I was just, I mean, girls were essentially another species to me. I just didn't know what they were. Mm -hmm. This is my cat, Miso. (laughs) Um, Miso's our honorary guest. Yes. Um, Yeah. So I guess flashback to like elementary school, middle school, um, I never really felt like one of the boys, but Mm -hmm. I didn't really have a concept of what gender was. So it wasn't like, I'm not a boy, therefore I am a girl. Mm -hmm. It just felt like I am not like everyone else here. I just like don't get along. Maybe it's, I don't know, I just prefer to have indoor recess and play with, play board games instead of go outside and wrestle and um, play football. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I didn't really have an internal sense of my gender identity, but mm-hmm. I had an internal sense of this is not right. Right. Um, and so that the feeling of not right is just kind of in terms of the habits and like ways of behavior that were expected of boys. And that's what like, didn't feel right with you is more like behavioral things or was it like anything else at that time? Both behavioral and my connection to other boys. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, I just like didn't really get along with them. Mm. But their interest didn't really interest me. Yeah. Um and it, it's it's really hard to describe. It's just like a gut feeling. Yeah. Um that has no like easy explanation for it. Yeah. Um so when I was like fifteen, entered the girls' school, that's around the time that I started questioning my gender. Mm. And from that point I went back in my life and thought about any red flags or warning signs that mm. I was trans before. Um, and there were a few. There weren't, um, I didn't really fit the stereotype of like, I was five years old and I wanted to wear dresses and right. play with Barbies. That is like so many trans people's experiences, but it's not yeah. everyone's. Um, mm. One of the main ones I remember was my dad gave me the sex talk when I was around 10. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, him explaining, like, um, the woman carries the child um, mm. and, you know, explaining sex ed to me. And my first gut instinct was, can I switch sides? I feel like I'm on the wrong side. Um, wow. That was, like, my immediate reaction. When you were 10 years old. When I was 10 years and old. And did you know what, like, being trans even meant then? No. I, I had no idea what that was. I didn't know gay people existed or yeah. trans people or mm-hmm. um I was 10 I wasn't very politically involved right. or totally. um, exposed to anything um it was just like that very instinctual response of oh I should have been a woman and mm. I should have been able to like produce children as like that gut instinct there yeah yeah really interesting yeah. did you feel like this experience that you were having was like a lonely experience like only you were like this or did you think it was normal like boys to have those kinds of thoughts or I didn't really think about it too much um I think I was more preoccupied with I don't feel like anyone Mm. um rather than oh there are other people that because I was comparing myself to women in that sense of like pregnancy and whatnot right um because there was no normative female role my age to compare myself to Mm -hmm. um so I just felt alone in general in life, mm. not anything particular to gender in that context. Yeah. All right. So now you're 15 years old and yeah. you're questioning your gender identity. Yeah. So I guess I could talk about how I started to question things. Yeah. Um, so we integrate 
classes with the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, one more interesting anecdote yes. about the all boys school. Yeah. It was a lot of people get recruited for sports from there. Mm-hmm. So I was mandated to play three sports per year. Wow. Um, so I had to play like wrestling and football and um, lacrosse and all these things with the boys. Oh my gosh. Um, so I, I chose the least contact sports out there. So I chose like cross country, squash and tennis, which okay. I actually did enjoy. But to mm-hmm. me, um, masculinity has been linked with sports for a very long time. Mm. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, going back to my discovery and questioning, when freshman year started, I found myself always hanging out at the girls' school. Mm. And I was just wondering, like, why Why is this happening? Like, right. you know, the guys from the boys' school would be like, oh, you know, he's such a player mm-hmm. and he um, he's getting all the girls. And the girls were like oh, you know, like, we're suspicious of my intentions because I was just always hanging around them. Yeah. But as things progressed throughout the year, I just found myself always hanging out there. Whenever there was a choice between hanging out with the boys' school with the boys or the girls' school with the girls, I was just always at the girls' school. I remember they would, like, chalk my hair and paint my nails Mm -hmm. and all these really small expressions of femininity. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so comfortable and I felt like I could relate to them. Mm -hmm. Um. And it was around that time that I first learned what the acronym LGBT was. Wow. Um, and, you know, I stepped through the different letters mm-hmm. and I came across T, trans, right. what is that, um, which the definition is identifying with a gender that is not um, your gender that was assigned at birth. Right. Um, so I started to look into it and basically was like shit I think that's me right um so yeah yeah and in, in terms of like the you felt more like you could explore your feminine side at the all-girls school were there any ways for you to explore your feminine side at the boys school too or like was that was it very just like toxic masculinity or just masculine energy in general there it was very masculine energy okay. um I remember the expectation was a lot of the talk would be around like sexualizing girls and so-called like locker room talk, Mm -hmm. um, which I wasn't particularly into. Mm -hmm. And there's no space to express anything other than masculinity in those spaces. Right. Um, Yeah. And so then once you realize that like, maybe this is something that I identify with in terms of like the T, the trans, then, then what? Yeah. Um, My first response was, great now what like mm-hmm. i didn't want to be trans i don't think many people want to be trans Can um, I elaborate on that like what do you mean by that is it like yeah. wanting to be like for me i'm bisexual so it's like that kind of choice of like i wish i didn't like girl mm-hmm. like that or? it's because for a lot of trans people there is the experience of gender dysphoria yeah um which basically means that dissonance and that discomfort that you get um say for instance when i had like facial hair right yeah um, the discomfort I would get by having that facial hair mm. was very painful and uncomfortable. Yeah. So when I say I wish I wasn't trans, I wish I could have either been happy with my facial hair and been happy as a boy mm. or have been born and raised as a like biological woman. Yeah. Um, instead, I have to go through this in-between and right. be ridiculed by society mm. and um, you know make this whole transition right um, which is my choice on how much i want to take that but for me 
I care about presenting as a woman and having people treat me as a woman. Right. In order to do that, I have to make all these painful changes. Mm. And I would rather just be born um, physically represented that way than right. have to make these changes. I think that right there is such an interesting antidote on what it means to go through the trans experience that so many people don't hear. Yeah. You know, of that it's not my choice. Yeah. You know, I was born this way. And if I didn't have to do this and I wouldn't do it, you yeah. know, like, and it's so interesting. Like I, I, another friend of mine who's also trans told me the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, if she can hit a button of like on or off that I want to feel this way, she would hit off. Yeah. She wouldn't want to have to go through this, but she does because this is who she is, Yeah, you know, like, and I think that makes sense if in the 1800s you didn't want to be gay you want to hit the off button and just want to be attracted to women or men like yeah you would hit that button you know and i think that's like a very similar experience and thank you for pointing that out and sharing that with people yeah yeah that's really interesting i mean if being trans was a choice i would choose to not be trans personally Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there's so much pain involved so i'm not sure how people could say that it is a choice if I'm putting myself through so much pain that's, to, or like a trend or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So it's really, really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, and so that's also why doing the, going through transitioning and also like where you are right now is even more commendable because you have to be brave. You know, you have to stand up to society, your family your expectations and redefine your future mm-hmm. uh, and make it your own. And so like, once again, I like, I'm so proud of you for everything that you've done. Uh, and you want to talk a little bit about what it was like to actually take that step and start your transition. Yeah. Um, so I think I'll go back to when I started coming out to people, if okay. that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, so I realized I was trans when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I coincidentally, um, not for trans related reasons, I ended up moving to the public school. Um, co-ed public school in the middle of 10th grade and I had female friends and like they're just very integrated and I still have like a close group of friends that I'm so close with to this day Mm -hmm. Um, and I came out to them one-on-one which was a wonderful wonderful support to have Mm -hmm. Um, the thing was my mom taught at the same school Mm -hmm. so we both didn't want there to be a clash of um, her to get backlash from her peers and me to have those uncomfortable feelings of being discriminated against and mm-hmm. um, uncomfortable experiences. Um, so I came out to my mom at the beginning of the summer, or right after junior year mm-hmm. um, of high school. And, you know, I had no re- I had no idea which way it was going to go. My family is very Indian, mm-hmm. very Christian. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they have a conservative lean um, to, at least I, I could perceive that. So I didn't know how it would go. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Basically, you know, my when I told my mom, she didn't really understand. But she said, at the end of the day, we still love you. You're our child. Right. Um, which is all, you know, That's I want to hear. Yeah. Um, so... It's now my senior year and I've gone to like a gender therapist and I've gone to a gender clinic um, in which like they can start prescribing hormones. Mm -hmm. Um, I made the decision to start hormones while I was in the closet Mm. um, for two reasons. One, I wanted to 
do something actively, even if I was still in the closet, I still wanted to like make an actual change. Yeah. Um, and two, it would give me a boost per se once I did eventually come out. Mm -hmm. And that's not an uncommon experience for lots of trans people. Lots of trans people will start taking hormones in the closet Mm -hmm. and my effects of hormones weren't immediately evident on the outside until like six or seven months in at which point i came out Mm -hmm. um so i went to at the beginning of 2018 starting hormones fully presenting as male Mm -hmm. to september of 2018 Mm -hmm. um presenting fully as female on campus um i mean you met me i met you then Yeah, yeah yeah and a lot of people didn't know i was trans at that time yeah um so I don't think I knew either, yeah. to be honest with you. Really? I don't think so. Maybe mm-hmm. like after knowing you for a little bit, but just like seeing you around campus and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that, wild after yeah. one year. It was a really interesting experience, right? Because I, um, I was working at a hedge fund over that summer. So yeah. very like conservative wearing like jacket and tie kind right. of vibe. Um, I quit that job in, on july 13th and i came out july 16th wow um i quit that job so that i could you know come out and start transitioning um socially Mm -hmm. um so it was a two-month gap between being treated as a man and being treated as a woman like not a trans like not a trans woman but as a woman by most people because they couldn't tell i was trans Mm -hmm. um which gave me a lot of whiplash and you know I I knew I was a woman. I always knew I was a woman. But next step is okay. What kind of woman do I want to be? Mm. I never had that like middle school experimental phase of right. you know trying on cringy outfits or yeah. um, trying to figure out who you want to be. Yeah. I had to do that while I've been in college. Mm-hmm. And what was it like? So did you have like long hair too, or like how how did you approach the idea of what a woman should look like? You know, because even that, I guess you're saying you're exploring that a little bit, but there isn't one particular way that a woman looks like. And I guess for me, like, I would say that I prescribe to the female gender. Um, But if I was given the choice of just being born without a prescription to a gender, I would probably choose that Mm -hmm. just because it doesn't tie me to any expectations. Like hair length can be whatever I want, you know, like pants bagginess can be whatever I want without any expectation and like that seems nice mm-hmm. I decided to, su- to subscribe to the female gender just because the woman gender just because I want to just show that there can be so many different kinds of yeah. representations in this gender like you could still have the short hair and you can still have the baggy pants and we can redefine what it means to be a woman you yeah. know and so I guess like in terms of being trans how do you think about those kinds of things like redefining what it means to be a woman like, is it about the femininity of a woman that's attractive to you? Or, like, what is it exactly that you want? It's a hard question. Okay. Um, I think I think trans people are not afforded the same privileges that a cis person does in terms yeah. of gender variance and exploration. Okay. Um, as a trans woman, if I am to express hyperfemininity, have long hair, get my nails done, yeah. um, wear pink, whatever you want, right? Um, a lot, many people will say, oh, you're making a mockery of womanhood. Is this all you think womanhood is? Like doing Mm. your nails, doing, um, you know, like growing your hair long or whatever, wearing heels. Like that's not all there is to be a woman. Um, 
And if I, you know, go for more of like an androgynous look or go more on the masculine side, then a lot of people will say, oh, like you're not trying hard enough. You're not actually trans. You're just like a man masquerading. Um, So there's really no winning with Mm. it. Um, I've shifted like all over the spectrum of like trying out different things. My freshman fall, I really was like, okay, I want to, my main goal was to be I want people to see me as a woman. So mm-hmm. my freshman year, I would like paint my nails a lot. I mm-hmm. was trying to grow my hair out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would wear like blouses and dresses mostly. Um, I would wear like heels. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that I did like. A lot of that I still like. Like I wear blouses. I like florals and stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, then I got like my ears pierced and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But then I was like, I actually like more like alternative style stuff. So I would wear mm-hmm. like ripped jeans. I would wear like edgy t-shirts and stuff. Um, and just like a very stark difference just to try out that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I kind of float between different aesthetics, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think to label any one expression as like, this is how to be a woman. is right. very reductive to like womanhood in general. Totally. Okay. Um, I don't think womanhood can be represented by any one expression of like, this is how you be a woman for cis people or trans people. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. And to me, what it means to be a woman is kind of to just be a part of this community of people for the most part that have these shared experiences, good experiences of, you know, just like, I don't know, but honestly, what comes to mind are unfortunately bad experiences, (laughs) like sexual assault and you know, just certain experiences that women face more frequently than men for the most part, but brings us together and yeah. creates this very special, unique, strong bond that I'm so grateful to be a part of. And I'm curious, what are your thoughts on what it means to be a woman? Yeah, it's a very nebulous concept, okay. I think. And I think the more you try to pinpoint a definition of what womanhood is, mm. the more lost you get. Mm. Um, I, I think it's more useful to define what a woman is by the experiences you have rather Mm -hmm. than a dictionary definition. Um, I really resonate with what you're saying about Mm -hmm. feeling womanhood as like being a part of a community of like a sisterhood or whatnot. Um, I was part of a sorority for a while. Right. We were both in. (laughs) I was there for like three days. Yeah. 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 But it was good Um, because I got to kick out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's so funny. Throwback. Yeah, throwback. Akayo. Akayo, let's go. Yeah. There's like I can't a remember. Hand sign. I can't remember how to do it. I, think I don't it's know. Like, it's like, like an A. I think it's that. I'm pretty sure it's oh, that. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. This is a new faking it logo. <laughs> so if you do this, that means you're part of the faking exactly. it fam. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, like I have been able to connect with other women on experiences like sexual harassment um, mm. for you know, people on the street reading me as a woman and right. catcalling me. Like, that is yeah. a, like, a experience that women tend to have. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's fair to say that I don't belong to that womanhood identity okay. if I'm having those same experiences of, like, um, joy and camaraderie and also, like, pain and such. Yeah. Um, I think there are, like, women's issues, like, women's issues that apply to 
exist women that don't apply to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will never claim those struggles as myself. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, like reproductive rights or right. um, like period equality and such mm-hmm. um, or like abortion and such, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those will never impact me in the same way that they impact cis women yeah. um, or people with uteruses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that that difference discounts the all the other ways in which I re- I have the same experience as a cis woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. And then I, I, if you want to talk about this, no pressure, obviously, but I, I know that you did another layer of confirming your womanhood to yourself do you want to talk about it at all? Yeah. Um, and yeah. what that was like for you? Yeah. So okay. I, um, in July, I got bottom surgery, mm-hmm. um, Um, There are, I think a common term that a lot of people mistakenly use is like the surgery or have you gotten the operation? Mm-hmm. There's so many different surgeries that trans people can get. Yeah. Um, there is like facial feminization surgery mm. there's for, for like trans feminine people there's yeah. like breast augmentation etc there's um orchiectomies which is a removal of the testicles but not anything else mm. so i got a vaginoplasty mm-hmm. um and yeah it's been a wonderful decision um the so recovery- you got a vagina exactly exactly <laughs> you got a pussy i do have a pussy what is it um awesome. a gucci coochie a gucci you know? coochie you got a gucci coochie i do have a gucci coochie yeah yeah um that's awesome it's it's really cool it's um you know a lot of trans people will get um i'll talk on the perspective of trans feminine people getting bottom surgery yeah a lot of trans femme people will get bottom surgery because they look in the mirror and cannot stand what they see or mm. they take a shower and cannot stand what they see, right? Um, for me, it was never that level of dissonance. So mm. I spent like seven years maybe deciding whether or not I wanted bottom surgery because, wow. you know, I would look in the mirror and be like, meh, like yeah. it's, it is what it is. I'm not crazy about it. But then right. there would be other situations where I would be trying to wear a bikini and that mm. wouldn't really work out too well. Right. And I would feel like really shitty about that. Yeah. Um, so I would have like these mixed experiences. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, am I dysphoric enough about this to get surgery? Like mm-hmm. what level of discomfort warrants surgery? Right. Um, the reason I got surgery in the end was all of those categories that I'm talking about yeah. would become better after mm-hmm. surgery. Mm-hmm. So say I'm looking in the mirror before okay. surgery, it's like, Oh, okay, like I don't really look at that part, right. but I'm not like distressed about it. Yeah. Um, but now I look in the mirror and it's like, okay, you oh, looking hello. cute. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> I'm feeling myself, right? Yeah. Um, and now like I've tried on a bikini. I haven't gone to the beach yet, but right. I really want to. Yeah. Um, and I tried on a bikini and I was like, okay, she looking <laughs> she cute. Like Gucci, Gucci yeah. shape, you know? So, yeah. So it's That's not awesome. always like, um, it's not always about like, I hate what I have before. I need to be fixed. I need to be right. like in the right body. It's yeah. more of like, it's more complex than that. It's like, mm-hmm. if I get this, there will be lots of it, areas of my life that will be improved. Right. Totally. And that, yeah. And I think another interesting point that I, have you seen the movie Beaks of Travesty? That's really interesting. It's about like trans feminine people who don't want to do any hormones or anything. And like, yeah. they're like, we're still trans, even though we don't take these drugs and even though we don't do these things. And like, doing the surgery or not doesn't confirm yeah. any aspect of a trans person's identity. It's like you said, it's very personal. It's very complex and it's for, 
it should be for the person themselves, the trans yeah. person that they want to do it. It doesn't mean that they are a woman or not if they do it or not, you exactly. know? And so I really like what you said about how it was just all these little things put together that made you feel a certain way, not how you're trying to show yourself a certain way. Exactly. Um, which is really beautiful. Yeah. For me, I, I think um, there are so many different surgeries and different yeah. transitional things. You know, you can go on hormones, like you're saying. Right. Um, I personally did voice therapy. So mm. my voice used to be like a bass. And yeah. now I'm, this is just my normal talking voice now. Wow. Um, what is voice therapy? So it's a, so basically testosterone, it lowers your vocal cords by expanding the vocal cords. But estrogen, unfortunately, does not shrink vocal cords. Mm. So transmasculine people that take testosterone, they, don't really have to do voice therapy because their their voice will naturally drop as though it's Got going it. through puberty. But for me and other trans family people that take estrogen, we have to train our voices to speak higher. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a very interesting process. That's um, so interesting. It's very interesting. So you made your voice kind of sound like like more feminine in that way, exactly. or like higher. Exactly. That's so cool. Yeah. So can you do the same for the opposite? Can I like train my voice to be deeper? <laughs> it's a bit harder, right? Because that's like the Theranos woman who just like speaks like yeah. this all the time. Like you can kind of do it if you want. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like Steve Jobs impersonator. Right. But um, that's so interesting. Yeah, because if you think about it, like structurally, to have, um, say you have like a xylophone. Right? Say you have like a xylophone or something, right? Okay. The longer the bar is, the deeper the note is, right? Okay. A small bar will be a very light yeah. ding, right? Um, so think about your vocal cords as one of those bars, right? The longer the bar is, the deeper your voice can go. Yeah. So for me, my vocal cords, because I went through male puberty, they grew very big. So the point of vo voice therapy for me to like raise pitch yeah. and timbre, which mm -hmm. is like resonating in your chest versus your head yeah. is to train my muscles to flex to make them shorter right. um whereas for transmasculine people you can't stretch it like, to pull it apart and yeah. grow it um without hormones is there any like gender reassignment surgery for like women transitioning to men like is there any way to like get a penis if you want to there is yeah there is. there's many different surgeries i'm not too educated on the different yeah. ones um there is the, the primary of what you would think um, is phalloplasty, okay. where they take a skin graft from another location on your body, most commonly the forearm or the thigh. It's like a mm -hmm. giant, giant section of skin. Okay. And then they kind of uh, shape it into a penis. Wow. And then, um, yeah, and it, attach does it. it have like the same... Yeah, sensation. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also, it's interesting, um, you can have a testicular implant that when you like squeeze it, you can get an erection. What? It's wild. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, because I wasn't sure if it was just like there's a lot of just um, research and innovation being done for men wanting to, to transition to women. Yeah. You know, because like, you know, just like men always get whatever, you know, like in that sense versus like if a woman wants to transition yeah. to a man, if it's harder. Or the like, science is way further ahead on the trans feminine side. Okay. Um, on vulvoplasties, vaginoplasties. Right. Um, also because... Um, you know, these, these procedures have been done for, like, over 100 years, yeah. um, I believe. And um, procedures like this are also done on intersex people and yeah. um, cis women who have different conditions. Mm. Um, but the phalloplasty is a lot more intensive. Mm. Um, there's also other transmasculine 
uh, surgeries I'm not as familiar with, but right. there are other transmasculine like genital surgeries that mm-hmm. do happen. And then in terms of the last thing that I want to talk about is just politics. Mm-hmm. I think this is such a polarized topic, being trans as opposed to being gay or queer. Like, it's not as polarized, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like gay rights is more accepted in this country. Trans rights are not there. Do you want to just talk as somebody, like a member in the community, what your knowledge is on this? Like, maybe why you think it's so polarized? And I don't know, what your thoughts are. Yeah. Yeah. Um- I think part of it is it's way easier to conceptualize loving someone of the same gender okay. rather than being a different gender. Yeah. Um, because most people in this world, most like cis heterosexual people in this world have romantic attraction yeah. um, and know what that feeling is like. Okay. So to substitute like a man loving a woman with a man loving a man is it's the same emotion. Right. Um, but the internal notion of like I'm a man, right. right, or I'm a woman, is way more of a nebulous, abstract concept yes. that's hard to like pin down. You see a lot of rhetoric being thrown around of like, what is a woman, right? Mm. Um, there, there's not much around like what is being gay, right? right. It's like you love someone of the same gender, mm. and there's that direct analog. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big piece. Um, Interesting. Any other thoughts? Or um, if not, that's fine too. Yeah, I'm thinking, thinking. Um, I think... I mean, when you look at gay rights movements, um, trans people have been historically excluded from those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at um, like Marsha P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera, mm-hmm. um, trans activists in the 60s and 70s, I believe, mm-hmm. um, that were very prominent and fought for everyone's rights. Um, and yet the movement was co-opted by um, a lot of like cis gay men, particularly mm-hmm. cis gay white men, yeah. um, and forgot about these revolutionaries mm-hmm. um, that fought for everyone's rights. Yeah. Um, so the majority of the like um, LGBT rights movement in the 70s, 80s, 90s, etc. Mm-hmm. were solely focused around um, sexual minorities, primarily around like, gay and lesbian individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and only is it recently that being trans has come more into the public awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. Awesome. And then the last two questions I ask every single one of my guests is, one, do you have any resources to share with people if they want to learn more about trans, anything, um, or any resources in general, or books, your favorite books, or anything you want to share in that regard? Yeah. Um, let's see. There's tons of LGBT organizations out there. There's um, GLAD is one. Mm-hmm. I know there's, like, I know my parents utilize PFLAG a lot. Cool. Um, parents and families of lesbian and gay like people. Um cool. And if you're a trans woman or trans feminine person, one of the books that got me through so much is called To My Trans Sister. Mm. Um, and it's like a bunch of letters from highly successful trans women cool. um, to like younger selves. And that really got me through a lot. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And then the last question I ask is how have you faked it? Because this podcast is called Faking It. It could be faking an orgasm. It could be faking a... Uh, 
answer on a test. It could be anything related to just being a badass bitch, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, if you don't have an answer, that's fine too. But if How you, have I faked it? Yeah. Um, I, the easiest answer is I pretended I was a man for 18 years, right? That's that faking is, it. That is faking it. That's yeah. very impressive. Yeah. That is very impressive. Fake it until you don't have to fake it anymore. You yeah. Know? Fake it until you make it. Okay. And make it awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming to my thank podcast. Thank you for having me.